Have you always wanted to start your own business? Do you have an innovative idea or an invention, but just don't know how to turn it into a company? Are you already in business and need some help growing? The BRF's Entrepreneurial Accelerator Program can help. At EAP, we work alongside you, helping you with things like financial modeling, funding strategy, pitch preparation, and marketing strategy. So what are you waiting for? Go to EAPLA.com today and set up a time to talk with our team. Let EAP help you launch or grow your business in North Louisiana today. All right. We're back here at On the Cusp. Got my co-host, Matt Schneider. And believe it or not, we've been recording all day. Yeah. Okay? Good. But... We're going to finish our day with the guy that we love, uh, that has we both work with on a regular basis. So we felt like he's got a unique story to tell, and that's Clint McCommon from Fairfield Studios. Yeah, thanks for having me. This yeah, is, this Clint, is, I mean, like, my thing with, with you, just to jump right in, is you and I, I feel like, have a common digit. I see you all over town, both yeah. of us working in just random places all the time, but but overlapping a lot. And I think that's an interesting thing that both of us have built businesses on being very flexible, working with a lot of people and, and enjoying knowing a lot of people in the community. Um, yeah. Can you talk about just the importance of that and kind of tell about what you do in well, general? Well, we've definitely been, like, been involved in the community since the very beginning of them moving back here. But it's been really cool about this job in particular is that we have a lot of clients in a lot of areas in Shreveport, Bossier, and we get to see a lot of the behind the scenes of things that like, even like EAP and, you know, the Antonio for the Solar Program, but I've been like, you know, in like Metro Aviation or the Ren- Renzi Center or any other small business or nonprofit, and we get to go and shoot and see how they do their business and how they survive in, in certain ways. And so it's been very fortunate. I feel like I've seen like how it's made, street yeah, proposer cool. style. Because we having so many different places we go to. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I love that, like that, like a lot of projects we've worked on, you're like, well, man, I got so many footage over the years that'll cover that or B-roll yeah. for that or whatever, because you've been so many places, you've filmed so many different things. The collection of stuff you must have of Streetport is really going to be really cool. Oh, yeah, we get phone calls all the time because asking what we have in our, in our archive. The only problem we do have is a lot of times our archive footage is specific to an event. So, yeah, I have footage of the aquarium, but we shot for the aquarium, and they have their mascot running around, and it doesn't admit... It doesn't fit for aquarium B-roll, but you know it's still great when the tourism bureau calls or y'all call and say we need some Shreveport Bossier infrastructure. Like we've already done it for another client, and we can use it. And so it yeah. Helps. Well, talk to us about Fairfield Studios because you serve a lot of different companies and organizations in here. What? How, how did? How did you get the business? Okay. Well, yeah, we didn't start that way. Uh, I got out of the Air Force. I was in the first twelve years. I was Airfield Operations, Air Traffic Control. And that was my background. I did have a business degree, but that was like 1996. And um, my dad asked me to come back and help out with Fairfield, which was his at the time, and, and a partner. And uh, my goal was to come here and provide some you know, logistical business support for a little while. But I was looking for an airport director job, some like Shreveport downtown airport, not regional uh, level. Because yeah. I'd, I'd managed major Air Force bases for it during my time and did inspections. But uh, I got here. And I got involved, and I, you know, obviously never left. But at the time, Fairfield Studios, my dad called it the toolbox. And it was, we did photography, we did music, we did crew, we did, we did video marketing. 
and whatever else you need. You, the people want people to come to the studio and grab what they need and do their job. The problem was you can't really market that. It was so widespread out. And my dad and my brother of Matthew Farms have this what I call career ADD. They just keep changing gears. So my dad at that moment just started, he decided he's gonna make camera cranes. So that was his whole focus was building camera cranes. He said, Clint, you run the other stuff. And we realized that it wasn't sustainable. We had very few clients and we weren't keeping them very well um, because we weren't getting what they needed. So um, I had a great team. I was surrounded by some really good people. We decided to, what was the best avenue for making money and doing what we like and, and surviving in this in neighbor in this in market. Um, music wasn't really profitable and we knew Blade was gonna open up, but you know, it wasn't quite open yet at that yeah. time. But we already we heard the rumors. And there's already a couple of recording studios. Photography is always saturated and to compete in that market on a, on a bit on a company size to make money would make sense. But doing script to screen video was like what we saw as a way to find a market where we can make money, be creative and uh, grow our business. And the only problem we had was we didn't have a lot of real material. We, uh, I looked at our, our demo reel at the time, it was very basic video work. You know, it was behind the scenes for movies or house concerts, whatever else. So we decided that we needed to step our game up. And since we didn't have a client ready for that, we decided to make our own creative videos. I think the first thing we did was to do, we made fake movie trailers for mm. a joke. You know, not, yeah. not, not a joke, but for comic relief. But we made them very cinematic, very big camera moves, good lighting, just to show what we're capable of. And we launched those videos just in you know, the social media atmosphere in that, in that time, but it was a lot more reactive back 2009, yeah, yeah, 2010. Yeah, yeah. And immediately started getting phone calls. And we reused that model even to this day to bring us business. We, whatever capability you want to move up to, we'd show we can do that, and people would see it and come to us to do it for them. Cool. Um, but over time, we got really busy doing the work for the clients, and that itself brought more work. You know, 96% of, of our work is referrals or repeat business. Still to this day, we do very little external marketing except for our community involvement. Right. And that was the other phase is I got really involved with things like the Bozier Arts Council and the Renzi Center at Highland Jazz and Blues Festival. And I found out I couldn't give a lot of money at the time, right. but I can give services. Mm -hmm. So if Fairful Zoos made a video for them, we can get a big yeah. marketing banner up on, on, on above the stage at whatever event it was. Yeah. And, and I, was, so I was helping out a nonprofit and I was also helping out my company at the same time. And I was very visible at the time. I was involved in everything I could get my, my hands on to. And I, I enjoyed doing it, but the, the benefit of the company I couldn't take away. And so we started being recognized as a video company. And that still continues to this day. And you strike me because you and your brother are both entrepreneurs, but you're an entrepreneurs in totally different industry, <laughs> totally not connected, totally independent of each other. And it got me thinking like, that entrepreneurial thing, whatever we have that says it's okay to take these big risks or to do this crazy amount of work. I mean, you put in a lot of hours. I think that's mm -hmm. another part of entrepreneurialism that we don't talk about a lot. Yeah, people don't, people don't mean, see it. You're at a lot of events. I'm at a lot of events. We're working at times that other people are at home eating dinner or, what, or you know, enjoying their weekend. So what do you think with, with your brother having Mahaffey Farms, is that just something y'all grew up seeing did you expect that y'all would both end up being entrepreneurs? No, um, and it was really weird how that happened in my mind because you know I, I was gone. I, I left in '96. I joined the Air. Well, well, actually, I left in '90. 
one, I went to college, joined the Air Force, and I was as away. I would see my brother every once in a while. But that farm, that family trust that, that is there now, that was, we grew up there. Every weekend we were there. Okay. Uh, mm -hmm. but it was my family saying there used to be a ranch there. And my brother became a trustee at first just selling, do you have that tree management system? Uh, he was, and my brother was like my dad in a lot of ways. He's very technically creative. He worked as a, you know, a, a Pullman weed eater, and then he worked at Frymaster, and he got bored with that, uh, and then he went, became a real estate agent, and this is 2008, so real estate wasn't like very yeah. safe. And, then he, and he, he saw uh, Food Inc., I think it was, and then read a book by Joe Salatin called, I think it's Folks This Ain't Right, and he decided, I'm gonna be a farmer, because that's the right thing to do. And I said, you are crazy. Do you see farmers making money or surviving? Um, um, but he went in full tilt, and he, you know, next thing I know, he's on the cover of the farm holding a chicken. Yeah. Um, and he's hosting these big events on the farm, and he starts getting more cattle, more pigs, more chickens. He realized really quick, he pivoted really fast. He started doing agriculture, but he wanted to do all organic. And you, if you do that, you have a problem with insects. You can't use insecticides, and so you grow squash until the beetles show up, you can't grow squash for two years or whatever vegetable. And so he couldn't really maintain a capacity. And so he really pivoted to the ranching side of the farm. And his, you know, you, you see his uh, meat products in a lot of restaurants like right, Mexico right. Yeah. and Frank's and places like that. Um, his eggs were in big demand recently because yeah, of, of I'm the- I'm sure. Um, and I don't know, like people really embraced it. It became like a community, you know, favorite. Uh, even though he's a little more expensive, but you could tell the difference in this product. And he and he is, like, like I said, a very technically creative person, so fixing tractors and putting up fences and all the aspects of doing a farm, it really helped his ADD. Like I call it critic, he, he's, he always had something new to do every day. Yeah. And my mom came, moved back, she has a bed and breakfast on there now. My son helped out there helped out there for a long time, my nephew. And then my brother um, diversified. There was a meat packing plant doing all their, their meat work. Well, he, he acquired it. So now it does all his meat work plus others. So he's found a way to, to, to make a farming industry in Shreveport be sustainable. And, and hopefully, I don't, I don't know his books, but he's, he's gotta be making money at this point. He's been doing it for so long. <laughs> but both of y'all just have that spirit. And, yeah. and both of y'all that goes along are the nicest guys in the world and you work well. And I think both of you have the interest of the community as a whole. Yeah. Yeah, you do a lot in the community. Um, we see you everywhere, and I love your model where you, you realize probably that not-for-profit doesn't have the money to pay you what you could demand, okay, but you're there doing it, and, and you're giving back. Oh, yeah, I do love that part of it. So, you know, I actually had to quit all the boards and stuff I was on because we were so busy, yeah. but we were helping out so many different small businesses and nonprofits with our discounted work. You know, we didn't make a lot of money off of it, but we were helping. And then, of course, there was the benefit of having our logo put up whenever they had their main events and stuff like that. Definitely no doubt about it. And so it's a double benefit. And that same thing happened during COVID when we did the live streaming stuff. Yeah, that was cool. We yeah. did that just to help out people who needed money. But then all of a sudden, newspapers and TV shows started coming by, and we got the, the best free advertising we've ever had. And we, our, our, our live streaming model became another revenue source. With, we weren't no, we're well, no longer... I think you in Shreveport were in the perfect place when... Um, with social media, everybody went from just a static picture, okay, to they wanted that 10-second video clip that showed the, the, the key element of what they were doing. That's our, that's our specialty. 
I tell people, you know, when you, when you, when you skip an ad on YouTube or you scroll past something moving on Facebook, that's probably us. One of those ads is probably yeah. us. And as long as, I, as long as you see the brand and you get the idea, you know, hopefully we want people to keep watching. But that's it. It's trying to get that. that, well, that I, I know you taught me that. Yeah. Okay. Because it was like, okay, we can do a commercial. We can do whatever you want. But who's going to stay on there for a minute? Yeah. And and why do you want to pay for a minute? Yeah, you're paying for ten seconds. Really. You're really getting. For, you're paying us. You're paying for ten seconds because you want to catch them. And we work with the client to figure out what's their message. And you know, some clients you can be silly and be comedic and get people. It's really easy to get people's attention or be super technical. You know, yeah. or if it's a very serious thing, you know, um, it's a little harder. But usually, those those clients have an audience. They're going to stop. Yeah. But the key is, is you got to yeah. show something right off the bat so people know what they're looking at. Right. And even well, though they skip it, well, go ahead. You you're, you're really unique in that. You know, we talk a lot about Shreveport and what's great and really exciting going on in Shreveport, and you get to be the guy behind the camera or the mic in the case of all your guys back there. Okay, give you all a shout out. Thanks, guys. Okay. They, they, I just take credit for what they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my business model. You know, surround yourself with people better than you and take credit for their work and you make all kinds of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think they would stay with you if you didn't share a little bit of no. that money uh, uh, that. with them. Okay, that's great. But talk about doing business in Shreveport. Okay, because you're a Shreveport based company, but I see, you know, I follow you guys on social media and I see you guys all over the country mm -hmm. doing things in Nashville and New York City and, and everywhere like that. And when I look at that, I go, oh man, that's my guys. Okay. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. Yeah, we I mean, you know, we built enough of a presence here that we have a regional uh, influence. Yeah. And now when companies look to Shreveport, they find us pretty easily. And so we've had clients that do need work in other places, or they, we had a client, I had a client moved to Prescott, Arizona, and loved us so much he convinced them to fly us, or let us drive over there and do a job there. The same thing with Nashville, it was someone that worked here, knew about us, told Fairfield them. Fairfield Studios road trip, I would love to oh, be on oh that, my God. okay? Some of those are <laughs> Whoa. It's, it's a lot of fun, a lot of work, but. Yeah, it was, it's very nice to have that ability to do travel. And in, in a, and over time, you know, a lot of out-of-town marketing companies have come to Shreveport, hire us, and just remember us. Because our, our rates are on our website. That's one thing we do. We're very transparent. Um, now, we have our nonprofit rates. They're not those rates. But if you look at our rates, Shreveport, a lot of people think they're a little high. You know, a lot of people do. And we don't get those calls from them. But if you put those rates in Atlanta or, Street, or New York or Los Angeles, we are super cheap. Yeah. So a lot of times it's easier to take us to another city and do the job and, and, and have us tra travel and pay for that than to pay for someone out of New York or Dallas because we can do the same level of work. Yeah. We just have very, we, we model ourselves, we have very little overhead. We don't have executive staffs and all these other people to pay and upscale and keep marking our work up. We, we work at a very flat level. And as somebody that hires you, I very much appreciate that you work very hard to stay up to date and to keep your product at that level that could compete in those other markets. But I think when people, when I'm talking to clients about commercials, you know, you always have that local, are we buying a local commercial? Oh yeah. And I really, in the early years of my career, I really worried about that and like bought some stuff that looked like that from different people. And I think your level, even in the 10 years I've been visiting, what you put out now compared to 10 years ago is so different. Mm -hmm. 
that I can sit down with a client and I can say, hey, do if we want it right, I know who we're calling, you know, it's very fair pricing for what you get. And I, and I appreciate that. And I also appreciate you giving back in things like the house concert series and what you did during COVID. To me, yes, you made money for those musicians, but in that couple months where we were all home and guys like us that are out in the community, you know, and that's, you're dealing with that part too. Being able to flip that on and seeing you guys work and, and seeing somebody playing the guitar made a bigger difference looking back on it, I think, than anybody even realized then. It, it was cool, and I, I appreciate yeah. you doing and that. And that was, I mean, you know, basically, you know, once everything shut down, a lot of these, a lot of musicians in town make 80 to 100% of their income from doing gigs. And so when all the gigs were cut off, they lost a lot of income. And some of them have kids, they have families. Yeah. And then two of them, uh, it was like, uh, it, who was it? It was uh, John Hoffman and um, Logan. Logan Lewis from the, from the he's at the Revel now. Yeah. Um, they said, hey, can we live stream from your studio? And I was like, heck yes. I didn't know how at the time, because we weren't a live stream company. But we figured out, got set up, did that first show. And I was like, this is a way we can help. We weren't working either. We lost like all our contracts yeah. like, like that, gone. Yeah. And so we weren't getting paid, but we were doing our work. And so, yeah, we, anybody, like, we started getting bands calling us and texting us and um, comedians. We ended up doing a benefit, like a two-day benefit live stream for the local service industry, mostly bartenders and wait yeah, staff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it really, was awesome. it was fun for us. We had, we had a kind of, the music wasn't, it didn't sound great because it was mixed for live, but we had a live show at the studio. We were doing something that was helping the community in a small way. I mean, I think we raised like 26000 not no, $22,000 overall, which is a small amount, but not to those people who could now buy groceries and whatever yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, then, then the news people caught on to it. And we, I didn't think about brand recognition at the time, not at all. But all of a sudden, now it's a call from the, from the larger nonprofits going, right. we need to live stream our gala. How can we do that? And we need to live stream our fundraisers. And then, so that was our first paid live stream. And then we had a government contract to live stream. And so it became one of our uh, capabilities we could provide. And we have a little, we still have it. It says live stream in our, on our menu list, but it's not something we still advertise. Yeah. Because we, we do want to still keep our focus on the script, the screen. But I was, it was very nice to be able to help out a few people for a short amount of time. But it, it, it did help, but it didn't, I didn't mind the fact that it brought us business afterwards. Well, it's really neat because, I mean, you're, you're more than just a regional you know, uh, a company, you're, you're pretty much national now. And, and we talked to a lot of uh, business owners and entrepreneurs uh, uh, about that. And I think you said it best. Your, your prices are better than if you, if you go outside oh, yeah. and, and pay somebody for that. And I, I think a lot of people think Shreveport's expensive, but look, it's really not. If you're going to launch your business in North Louisiana, Okay, you're better off doing it here. And, and y'all have talked about this. Yeah. There's a lot of talented people in Shreveport, Bozier. A lot. Especially in the creative world. And some of them have, you know, are full-time jobs sort of doing digital creative, whatever else. But there's some great videographers and great editors that are here still. They might have come here because of the movie industry, whatever else, and may have left and come back. But we have that talent pool. And they're not always working for us, but when we have a big job, we can pull this talent, pull the equipment, and do a job at any level and then scale back down. That's what keeps us cheap. We're not maintaining a staff, not maintaining, well, we, are, we have a pretty large inventory, but not the super expensive cameras. If they want that, we, we rent that for the, for the project. 
Yeah, and so that helps us keep stay competitive. Working in Shreveport is obviously a better standard of living than New York, so we can work cheaper. And when we do travel, you know, we, we get paid well for while we're on the road and we get the travel money, but we're still way cheaper than they would yeah. otherwise. And that w that is an advantage. And we're trying to keep, you know, keep that reach going, hoping more and more people notice us. Well, good, good. Now you guys had a, um, an event at the studio recently, didn't you? What do you mean the ceiling event? Yeah, the ceiling event. That's my voice sounds so Yeah, weird. well, that's why I wanted to bring that up. Let yeah, everybody so this know. This is fun. Let's go down this lane as we end this. Okay, so... So entrepreneur business owners all right, it, have it, to deal with a lot more than just doing their business. Yeah, Tell us about Yeah, obviously this. we're not just a manager. We are the, the janitor and whatever else we have to be at the time. But it was it was Fat Tuesday. Finished This year I was Duke of Highland Mardi Gras yeah, royalty. Yeah. And so I got really involved and I had a lot of my equipment involved with the floats and, and our ball. And so we were all moving it back to the studio. And Matthew Lynn and his wife, Lisa Lynn, were helping us. And John and I, we went stuff in back in the studio, and we said, here's this kind of loud noise, and we hear this weird sound, and what is that? So we go back to our back storage slash workshop area. It's a room way in the back, and the ceiling, like about 10 by 15 section, had fallen down on top of the rest of the room and crashed through a fire sprinkler pipe, and it was just spraying water. And, I mean, I mean, I talk like gallons a, a minute. Uh, and so I'm, I, I immediately run in the room, start looking for things to, to, to turn off. I start any little wheel that was attached to the fire. One of them sort of added more water to the room. So I, I don't know, I still don't know why that's there. <laughs> but, and then uh, Matthew Lynn, of course, he used to be a, a, a Caddo commissioner, but he's, he founded a crew Highland, but he's known as Mr. Community. He just started calling people, like fire department, the city of, City water, he and John working so together. So you're in the water, turning pipes. Matthew's calling yeah. everybody. Yeah, <laughs> and John and Lisa are moving stuff out of the, the all, our good stuff out of the way of the water flow before we get, because I was focused on shutting down. I didn't think about stopping. But then we, we went up and down the building, went around the outside, you know, uh, it was still flowing. We started putting sandbags down the flow, the flow into the main part of the building. And then the city, of the, well, the fire department shows up, they're like, I don't see a cutoff valve and the city water shows up, we, go, we can't cut off the fire water. They, it took a while to get them to that point. They went through trying to turn off all the water, nothing worked. There was no, from the, the fire line has no little valve Off outside valve. the building. We found out it was in our neighboring business, Harrison Paint, it was in their basement. And so John knew the number, one of them, so he called them, they came in and they let us in the building, went down there and they turned off the, the master water but then it had been two hours. So two hours, you're just watching your business. Yeah, you're you're getting soaked, soaked by the sprinkler system. Yeah, and like I said, we started we got sandbags down. They started pushing the water out the back door. But like like a lot of part of our offices, like our our sound isolation room, our our equipment room, we had a, another uh, creative room and a storage room, and then we had a kitchen and bathroom. That all got underwater, and so all that carpet was under this dirty. Don't forget, this, these pipes are over 50 years old. The water in them was probably over 50 years old. That ceiling thing came down was over 100 years old, and whatever caused it to fall. So I was getting sprayed with whatever was in there. You need all kinds of tests. Yeah. Like yeah Dave yeah. needs to call some military. Y'all need to use your military uh, contacts and get some special testing yeah. on you. And that's, what, that's <laughs> how I got sick. Like, you know, it was like the second or third day I sort of I was, I was bagging wet stuff in the back oh. that's trying to oh, wow. try to get it out out of the building and 
I just got hit really hard, like just all kinds of weird symptoms. And I went down for like three or four hours and then I was fine. <laughs> you know, I felt good. And next day I did a little shoot and then boom, hit me again. And it, then it was like really sick. It was like flu light symptoms. It was fatigue, fever. It was all like, you would think I was sick. I mean, I was, but it was all this well, contamination. Of I mean, that is something like, well, I know we got to wrap, but like being an entrepreneur, like, you're going to do it all for 10 yeah. years. I've never I can't there and tell you it. how many days I, I would say, I don't know that I have one day that I was sick enough to where I didn't work because it's not calling into somebody, some job that you work. It's your, if you're not there to do it, no, even if, if even you're not under that pipe trying to stop it, nobody else is going to do that. Yeah, if I'm like, sick, I have a laptop, you know, Yeah. but you can ask the team. I, I just don't get sick very much. Yeah. And if I do get sick, it's for a day. Yeah, I just have, I've been very l lucky to have a very good immune system, and for me to be down for like four or five days was very unusual for me, and it was hurtful because I couldn't always do my job. I was trying to, you know, we had a whole bunch of stuff we need to reorganize, and we still do, but you know, yeah. you just keep driving through. Yeah. yeah, and you're dealing with all that, and the only reason I know about what happened to the student is because in true Clint McCommon fashion, you were on Facebook thanking Matthew and his wife for all their help. So, I mean, that yeah. doesn't go unnoticed. I think you're a champion for our community and I, I really yeah. appreciate it and love it. We're glad you're you, doing so. it here in Shreveport. Yeah, it's yeah. always been great work with you guys. And you know, I feel like we're always moving Shreveport forward. You know, a lot of people won't talk negative, but you know, I always want a positive light. Show our infrastructure, show the good parts of our quality of life, which is a lot of. And, um, and that's, if we keep doing it, we know our city will only get better and better. Yeah, and I appreciate Absolutely. you documenting it. I appreciate so, it. I got a lot of it. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks to all you guys Thank back you. there. Thank you, guys. All right? Yeah. Thanks. Thanks.